is he creating a culture? Because I've seen the hour, that, and uh, obviously the time that we're living is purely, as Paul says. And there's a lot of things happening all around the world. And I spoke to a pastor, I think it was last week, uh, Thursday, he gave me a call and he, he spoke to him, a great friend of mine, he spoke to me and asked me certain things about the COVID and etc. And he said they received stats in South Africa that during the COVID period, 50, 50% businesses has closed down in South Africa alone. He says, we have not even begun to see the impact of job losses. He says next year, early next year, they reckon more than 50% of the nation will be without a job. 50% of the nation will be without a job. I'm not saying this to you to make you scared. I'm telling you something. The whole world was waiting for the church to fail. But the church will not fail. I want to say this to every preacher out there. The church will not fail. Jesus made a promise. He says, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against us. Let me just rephrase in my term. The gates of COVID will not prevail against the church. It needed to happen. It needed to happen. I want to say this bold of capital letters. It needed to happen because God was sifting His church. Right now as I speak, there's a division in the church today. There's people that believe in abortions, preaching behind the pulpits, standing for 61 million babies to be slaughtered. The Bible says, thou shall not kill. We are standing for righteousness. Come on, and so the church of Jesus Christ will not sit back. The Lord is shaking up a remnant like never before. Come on, with fire in their eyes, with a sword in their hands. They will speak the word of God with all boldness. But the church is the only help for this hour. The world's economy is going to fall and crumble. But the church of Jesus Christ will prosper like never before. If you don't want to believe this, listen, if you don't believe in prosperity, that's your problem. That's your problem. You don't believe in prosperity. You say you don't believe in prosperity, you don't believe in Jesus. Heaven is full of prosperity. Streets of golds. Gates of pearl. Come on, the foundations are being created. The scripture says the foundation stands on different, different kinds of stones and precious metals. There's mansions in heaven. There's not caravan parks. There's mansions in heaven. Oh, Jesus was poor. Where do you find that in the scripture? He had 82 staff members, 12 full-time, 70 part-time. He had his own house, the scripture says. This guy was a rich man. He became poor vessel. Read on. Read on. So that we might become rich. And the word that says poor is that he became dirt poor. He became poorer than what he was in heaven. He left aside his glory and splendor. Being the king of all kings in heaven, he left it aside to come to earth. When he had to pay his, when he had to pay his tax. He didn't say, oh boys, we don't know what we're going to do. You know, I just came here to suffer for my father. He didn't say that. He said to Peter, what are you worrying about? Go and catch a fish. You will find a gold coin in his mouth. Why? Because to his father belongs all the silver and all the gold. Come on, and all the cattle on a thousand hills belongs to his father. And by the way, his father is my father. I'm an heir. I said, I'm an heir. Born into the, into the family. So the only answer for the, for the world is the church. And, and I, I want to say this something to you. Everything that is already was. Amen. There was a guy called Isaac. The Bible says he came into a, a, a country where there was famine. By the way, famine, famine eats everybody. 
except for those who belong to the Lord. Because God said to him, Isaac, if you sow into that land, don't run, sow into the land. Lord, it sounds ridiculous to sow into famine. I have to store up. No, you can't store up because you are not part of a worldly economy. If you, if you think your savings account is going to keep you, you've got no idea what's coming. The economy is going to, try to crumble. That's what they try to do. They try to bring one world reset, to reset everything, to bring in one, a one world order. If God took care of Elijah, okay, let me speak to my friends. If God took care of Elijah, don't you think he can take care of you? Who believes that, by the way? Who believes that God is not a respecter of man? If he blessed Isaac in such a way that the king asked him to move because his possessions is too much, why do we think that it's a right to suffer for the Lord? Okay, don't shout me down when I'm preaching good. You know, I want to go back to that psalm in the book of Psalm. Psalm 96 verse 8. And this is what the psalmist says, so be angry at him. Give to the Lord glory due to his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. Do you have the next one? The next verse says, and worship him. Alright, so... Uh, the scripture says, the psalmist says, there's three things to do when you come to the Lord. You have to, first of all, bring glory to His name. What does this mean? We praise God. We praise Him. Come on, let everything that has breath praise ye the Lord. I, 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 I want to read the scripture that the Lord shook me with last night. I didn't plan on it. He just gave it to me, but I'll, I'll explain that to you now. So David said, when you come to the Lord, you have to praise Him. That's your first job, is to praise God. Say with me, I have to praise God. I have to praise God not for, uh, according to how I feel. If you praise God how, according to how you feel, you're never going to give Him praise that He's worthy of. We don't praise God according to how we feel. We praise God according to who He is. The great I am. The never, come on. The, the, always the same. We worship Him. Then the psalmist says, bring God an offering and worship Him. Did you know that your offering is part of your worship? I will do it right now, Lord. Last night I was sitting and I was praying. And as I prayed, Malachi chapter 1 popped into my spirit. And this is what he said. A son honors his father and a servant his master. If then I am the father, where is my honor? And if I'm a master, where is my reverence? Says the Lord of hosts. To you priests who despise my name. Yet you say, in what way have we despised your name? You offered defiled food on my altar. But saying, what have we defiled you? By saying, the table of the Lord is contemptible. And when you offer the blind as a sacrifice, is it not evil? And when you offer the lame and the sick, is it not evil? Offer it then to your governor. In other words, let me just quickly explain it before I'm going to read on. When they brought an offering to the Lord, it must be the best offering. Not, uh, not an animal that is blind, that is lame, come on, that has problems with. The best of the best they had to bring. So here's God complaining. He says, what are you bringing me? He says, take that nonsense and give it to your governors. Amen. By the way, this is the king of kings speaking here. Yeah? He says, offer it then to your government. Would he be pleased with you? Would he accept your, you favorably? Says the Lord of hosts. But now entreat God's favor that he may be gracious to us. While this is being done by your hands, will he accept you favorably? Who is there even among you who would shut the doors so that, so that you should not kindle a fire on my altar in vain? I have no pleasure in you, says the Lord of hosts, nor will I accept an offering from your hands. In other words, just to make it plain that everybody can understand, God asks for your best, not second best. Not, 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 
not after you, you've made plans to pay your groceries and your debts and everything, then, then God comes. God must be number one in your life. Why do I say these things? I don't ask you to give money to the church today. I'm asking or I'm telling you rather. This is kingdom principles of breaking the cycle of poverty. And if you look at me today and you say, oh, this guy says my money, keep your money. God does not want your money. That's what the word says. Give it to your governor and see if he will take care of you. The governor will not take care of you. Your country will not take care of you. Hear me right now. Absol Bank will not take care of you. Standard Bank will not take care of you. Your pension fund is not even yours anymore. The government takes it. It's very quiet in this place. People think that their pension funds will keep them. Their savings funds. The only fund is the trust fund of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So you are a trust fund baby. Because your Father is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Come on, I'm speaking to the right crowd. And then I want to quickly show you one verse. Now I want to just say this for whoever believes this. I'm, I'm talking to the crazy people. You know, I'm a crazy guy. I lost my head. I lost my mind. I gained the mind of Christ. I'm speaking to people here right now that I believe that God wants His people debt free. Alright, let me, let me speak to my friend. I believe that God wants His people absolutely debt free. Debt free. The Bible says, owe no man nothing except to love one another. The Bible says you will lend out to many but you'll never have to borrow. I'm speaking to the lenders right now. Come on, where's the lenders at in this place? That you will lend out to many. You will never have to borrow. Look at Psalm chapter 1. Psalm chapter 1. You know what we always did in this church? I had a sermon. Afterwards we said, for those of you that want to give, give. If you don't want to give, just go home, you know. And then three quarters of the church stands up and leave without giving to the Lord. And then three quarters of the church sends us an email. Please pray for financial breakthrough. We're losing our jobs, pay for our businesses, and then God rebuked me. He said, start dealing on this. Start dealing on this. My people perish because of a lack of knowledge. So when you give to a church, you're not giving to the church, or, or to the pastor rather. And by the way, let me just say this. Did you know that, for the, for the sake of those who haven't been here last week, if the pastor takes your money and buys Kentucky, it's not your business. Amen. Can I hit you with a hard message, a hard one? The Bible says, he who teaches must receive double honor. He says, those who listen to the teacher, receive teaching, must share in all material things with the one who teaches. Ooh, it's, it's quiet. What does it mean? It means that whatever you have, I must have. And I must have twice as much. Why? Because I'm paying a price that you cannot even dream about. Amen. That's why. I'm fighting devils that you don't even know about. Yes. Let me just tell you what a pastor is. A pastor is somebody that encourages people while he needs encouraging himself. A pastor is somebody that walks by faith or tell people, teach people how to walk by faith while he needs faith himself. That's a pastor. Come on, a pastor is the one that stands and takes the attacks. Woo, help me out in this place. So honor your, pre your preachers. Honor pastors. And stop mocking them. The time is coming. The Lord spoke to me. Where the mockers' mouths will be silenced. Yeah. Hear me right now. Cancer growth will hit their tongues. You better hear me. You better hear me. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly. I'm blessed. Amen. Blessed is the man who, who does what? Does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. In other words, you don't have ungodly friends. Amen. You don't go to ungodly places. You don't sit with ungodly people. 
By the way, if you sit and have this fellowship with ungodly people, the Bible says you do exactly the same as them. So the Bible says, when, when do you become blessed? You are blessed when you do not do these things. He says, nor stands in the path of sinners, nor sit in the seats of, scorn, of the scornful. That's what the Bible says. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law he meditates day and night. Shout hallelujah. hallelujah. That's the scripture. He says the Lord, will, the Lord will bless you when you start to, you know, the one thing that the Lord speaks to me over and over and over, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. You have to be renewed by your mind. I said, you have to be renewed by your mind. You know, pastors are, are thieves. Judge me for what I've done wrong. Don't judge me for what every other guy has done wrong. Judge me for what I've done wrong. Do you, do you get this? I had a guy the one day came to my house where I had to stay. And he had to come and fix a pump at the swimming pool. And he, come and he, and he came to me. He said, what job are you doing? I said, I'm a, I'm a pastor. He said, a pastor? He says, pastors are thieves. I said, yes. It's like that swimming pool, guys. I said, scum of the earth. He looked at me with big eyes. He said, you can't say that. I said, you did. He said, you're pastors. Pastors are thieves. I said, it's like that swimming pool, guys. Scum of the earth. That got his mouth shut. I wanted to tell him, you, you, you sound wiser when your mouth is shut, but you know, you don't quarrel with a fool. I said, just because you had one bad experience, and I can promise you 50% of that is your part. That's on you. They blame a church. Just because we're living in a society where no man can take responsibility for himself. The easiest thing is to say, hey, did you do And say, did you say just move one chair. If you don't want me here, just tell me. Oh my goodness. Vertel in Afrikaans. We love you, by the way. I'm going to give you an opportunity to sow your seed, your base seed. Your base, not second base. God doesn't want it. Hallelujah. Are you ready for the word? Amen. I said, are you ready for the word? Amen. Please remember where the spirit of the Lord is. The right translation says, where the spirit is, Lord, is liberty. So you have liberty to jump, to shout, to clap your hands. I spoke to, a, I spoke to a guy recently, he comes from another denomination, and he said, you know, I don't like the, the churches that's too loud, because the Bible says that my house is house of silence. I said, and, and then, <laughs> where do you get that scripture? He said, is there no such scripture? I said, no. He says, my house should be house of prayer. That's what the Bible says. And then we showed him a scripture. We said, look at the scripture. I opened the Bible, I read it to him. We say the Bible says, let everything that has breath, praise the Lord. Praise Him with timbre. Come on, praise Him with dance. Shout to the Lord. Come on, that's what the scripture says. So it's fine to shout. You can laugh, you can cry, you can roll, you can jump, you can run. People ask me, so what do we wear to church? You can wear your pluckies, you can wear your cordbrook, you can wear your suit. Whatever makes you happy. Alright? Just look decent, by the way. But then you can come. We had a guy who came to our church without any shoes. Bare feet, he parked his car like this in front of the door and he ran into the church and he sat in the church and the Lord touched him. We don't care. Amen. I want to go on with the Holy Spirit. And I think with all of my heart that it is so ready, the church is so ready to know and experience the Holy Spirit better than ever before. Because there's something going to happen. I believe in the next year and two and three and four we will see and experience an outpour of the Holy Spirit like never before. The outpour of the Holy Spirit will be uncontrollable. It will be 
something that the church will not be able to say in words. And I want to say this to you before we're going to get to the exciting part. That in the book of Acts chapter 4, we, we saw the church being birthed on the Holy Spirit. Amen. That's how the church was birthed, on the power of the Holy Spirit. And by the way, the church of Acts was birthed under the grace dispensation. Who understands that? Lift your hand if you know that. By the way, it's New Testament. But in Acts chapter 4, when Ananias and Sapphira lied to the Holy Spirit, the Bible says the Spirit of God knocked them over and they, killed, they were killed. They, they died in the presence of God. That's, by the way, under the grace dispensation. But the reason for that is, hear me right now, the Holy Spirit, the church was birthed of great power. Over the years, that power died. You can go to places today, and I want to say something, and Vessel's Brain says this. If you go to a church where there's no Holy Spirit, there's no, there's no speaking against sin, no speaking against hell, get up and get to a new church. Because in the book of, of Acts, you see this church, how they were warning people to repent. They, were, they, they told people to repent. So back then, what the church was doing when they heard the word of God, they said that convicts me. Amen. Today the church says that offends me. So the Holy Spirit, when he was poured out in the first church, he was poured out with such power, such glory, I believe that the church that Jesus Christ comes back for will have the same experience as the church had in Acts chapter 2. There will be a fresh outpouring and it will become so severe that the fear of God will come into churches where people will actually die who's playing with God. Hear me today. You can mark my words. You can write that down. We are experiencing the greatest release of the power of God that the church has ever seen. The Holy Spirit, look at me quickly. The Holy Spirit is not a light switch that you can switch on and off. He is not a dove. He comes in, he, he revealed himself in the form of a dove, but he's not a dove. He's God Almighty. Come on, he is the Ruach, breath of God. The Paraclete. Come on, he's the spirit of truth. He's the counselor, the spirit of might. He's the spirit of Christ. I'm speaking to somebody about the Holy Spirit. Come on, he's the power of the Godhead, the third person in the Trinity. That's what the word says. He's not just, you'll feel good. You know, if you want to have goosebumps, no goosebumps. We don't care about goosebumps. We want the literal touch of the Spirit and power. Come on, I want you to hang on to your seats now because I want to address something. Let's open up our Bibles to the book of Isaiah. Isaiah 59. I want you to look at your neighbor quickly. Come on, look at your neighbor. Tell your neighbor, I refuse to live in an atmosphere of unbelief. Okay, tell your neighbor that you like. Neighbor, I refuse to live in that atmosphere. Come on, I refuse to live in an atmosphere of unbelief. From this day, I walk by faith and not by sight. Do you believe that? From this day, we're going to walk by faith and not by sight. We are not going to be moved by what we hear or by what we see. We will be moved by what we believe. Greater is He that is in me than He that is in this world. Come on, I'm speaking to people that believe the Word of God. That says, no weapon formed against me shall ever prosper. Come on, every tongue that rises up against me shall be condemned. 
They can come from the left. They can come from the right. Only with my eye will I see it. It will not come near me. For the Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. Come on. He is my hiding place. He's my refuge. Come on, the one I run to. He's the king of glory. I will fear nothing. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thy rod and thy staff, thy comfort me. Come on, the Lord is mine. Whom shall I fear? Come on, O death, where is thy sting? Shout hallelujah if you're with me in this place. He's my rock, he's my fortress. Come on, you better tell your good self that now the scripture says, if I dwell in the secret place of the Most High, I shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. Come on, you better tell your good self that He will send these angels charge. When I get up in the morning, God has sent an angel before me and God has sent an angel behind me. Come on, you better tell your good self, goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of God. Do you believe that? I said, do you believe that? If you believe that, jump to your feet and give him 30 seconds crazy praise in this place. Sometimes you have to preach your way out. Sometimes I have to preach myself out of situations and circumstances. And this is why faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Come on, I can feel down. If you cut me, I bleed. But when I get into the word of God and I tell myself what God says about me, something in me quickens. Do you know why? Because wherever there's no word, the fire will disappear. This is why so many people serve God with fire. And then afterwards, there's no more fire. Why? Because there's no word. The word keeps the fire going. Is somebody listening to me? So when my fire feels like it's, it's busy dying, what do I do? I get myself around the word of God. One more time. Guys, help me. One more time. I refuse to live in an atmosphere of unbelief. I refuse. Or ask the crazy people to come sit in the first row. You're going to help me preach today. Let's go to the book of Isaiah 59. According to their deeds, accordingly he will repay. Fury to his adversaries. Recompense to his enemies, the coastlands, he will fully repay. The one I'm going to get to now is verse 19. So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. I want to quote that scripture. When the, listen, if you study the, the English Bible, you will see the scripture says, when the enemy comes like a flood, comma, the Holy Spirit will raise up a standard against him. The enemy does not come like a flood. Okay, I'm going to speak to this side. The comma is placed at the wrong place. It should read, when the enemy comes, comma, the Holy Spirit will raise up when the enemy comes, come on, as a flood, as a flood, as a flood, the Holy Spirit will raise up a standard against him. 
Okay, I see some people miss me. Let's read that again. Just keep that on the script. Don't change it. Just leave it there. It says, when the enemy comes in like a flood, comma. Do you see the comma? Akkoord, akkoord iets om mee te slaan. When the enemy comes in like a flood, comma. Thank you. Hey, I like this one. <clears throat> Who's ready to listen to the word of God? Look at this. When the enemy comes in like a flood, come on. Wrong. It shouldn't be there. It says when the enemy comes, come on. Like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. For so long, the devil wanted the church to believe that he comes like a flood. For so long, when the devil wanted people to believe that he is the great El Confusion. Let me quickly tell you, the devil is defeated. I said the devil is defeated by the blood of the Lamb. He does not come in like a flood. My goodness, listen to me. Look me in the eye. Satan is confused. The only way he can attack you is by hearing what you say. He's not God. He's not all-knowing. He's not omnipotent. He's not omniscient. That's God. God knows what you think. Satan do not know what you think. He's not creator. He was created. Am I speaking to the right crowd? People sit here and believe that the enemy comes like a flood. You know, when the devil comes, my goodness, when he comes, you do what the Bible says. You stomp him on his head. The Bible says Satan is even lower than the cattle. You fear somebody that's lower than a cow. A cow moo, moo, moo the whole day. While the cow is mooing, you better tell the devil, you better be moving. Genesis says that when the God rebuked the, 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 the enemy as a serpent, he said, I will make you lower than all the cattle. So Satan does not come in like a flood. The Holy Spirit does. Let me explain something to you. The Holy Spirit is a protector. The Spirit of God is a protector. Every time when I thought that I was surrounded, I was surrounded by Him. Maybe you hear me this side. Every time I thought that I was surrounded, I was surrounded by God. The enemy tells you, the enemy tells you that you are surrounded by problems. He's lying. Who remembers what the Bible says about the devil? He's the father of all what? Lies. There's no truth in him. So Satan tells you, look at your finances. You're not going to make it. What is he trying to tell you? You are making it. That there's no truth in me. I can't tell you you're going to make it. So he's telling you, oh, you're not going to make it this month. Why? Because he wants you to believe the problem and not the promise maker. I, I, I wish I can get to people. You know, if, if I want to know, listen, if I want to have access to any person's heart, I listen to what they say. I could have been a lawyer, trust me. I will sit and listen to your words because the Bible can't lie. You are. You lie, not the Bible. The Bible says, from the abundance of a man's heart, the mouth will speak. So to have access to your heart, I hear what you say. Pay fine detail to what people say to you. Because they, they, that's what they believe about you. That's what they think about you. They cuss you out and then they say, I'm so sorry. You know, it, it wasn't me, man. It was you. It's absolutely, it was your filthy heart. Oh, it's quiet now. I see people looking at the floor. 
That's what the Bible says. The Bible says from the abundance of the man's heart, his mouth will speak. And so what does the devil do? He listens to that. He, he, he listens to how you feel. Instead of in what you believe. Oh, we feel like this. Instead of saying, Lord, I believe that you are El Shaddai. I believe, Lord, that you will bless me in my going and in my coming. Because when you declare that, that's what's in your heart. Oh, am I speaking to the right crowd right now? If you truly want to know what somebody feels about you, listen to what they say. Pay close attention. So here's the scripture. And then I'm going to preach. When the enemy comes, come on, like a flood. That means quick. All right, I want you to hear me right now. There's so many people sitting here today. And it feels like the Lord is slow to help. The Bible says he's quick to help. Because the Bible says when he speaks as a flood, it means quickly, swiftly, he will deal with the enemy. Quickly, before you can even say, Lord, he's already there. He raises up a standard, a barrier. Oh, come on, I, I want to speak to somebody right now. So he's the one who, who protects you from your left and your right. You see the waters coming up to the roof and you're walking on dry ground. And what does the enemy say? Look, you are surrounded. You are going to die. That's a lie. The enemy had tried to come. But swiftly, the Holy Spirit raised up a standard. In other words, the Spirit of God is to your left and is to your right. Am I speaking to the right crowd? Come on, it might look like you are surrounded, but you are surrounded by Him. Let me speak to this side. It might look like you're surrounded, woo, but you're surrounded by Him. Do you believe that? Come on, I want to declare this. I want to decree this to your life right now in the name of Jesus. That every time the enemy thinks that he has got you, God is raising up a standard against every lie of the devil. Right now, there's a standard being raised up in your ears. You will no longer hear the lie and the whisper of the enemy. You know, when you decree and declare, it doesn't mean I just declare it. You declare this with me. If two or more agrees on anything, it shall be done. I declare, I decree from this day. There will be, my goodness, there will be a barrier against the attacks of the enemy. From this day. This is not going to be ordinary preach. I, I do what the Holy Spirit tells me to do. Some of you better tell that devil, shut up. Go back where you belong, under my feet. Why do you listen to the devil? You tell the devil, you better shut your face. Oh, God, what about saving the devil? Oh, my goodness. Do you know who I am? Need I remind you? Michael must say, the Lord rebukes you. I don't have to go that route. This is why I don't speak to sicknesses and ask them where they come from. I tell them what to do. You foul spirit of cancer. I curse you to the root. In the name of Jesus. Come out. You tell that devil to run. He better run. Amen. Amen. Is there somebody listening to me? Shout hallelujah. So I want to say this again. The devil is defeated. I want to declare that one more time. That from this morning God will raise up a standard against every attack of the enemy. Listen. For so long the enemy has attacked people's finances. It better stop right now. It's time that God opens up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing. But I want to open up your eyes to a couple of things. Can I do that? You know the scripture says the following. Yes, see, the okay is like a man. 
the scripture says that God spoke to Moses. He said, I want you to go to, I want you to, go to Israel. I want you to tell that Pharaoh, let my people go. But Satan was lying to Moses. Because the first thing that Moses says, Lord, I'm a stutterer. I can't speak, Lord. In other words, Lord, I'm not good enough. Lord, you can choose anybody else. Lord, they are better. They are richer. Oh, Lord, they've got more, more, more behind their names. Ask Joshua. He's got a degree. Lord, why me? Because Satan always, always, always wants to lie to people who makes the biggest effect. Oh, you didn't get this. I always thought, why was the enemy attacking my self-esteem I always wondered and then the Lord revealed this to me because Satan knows who you are and if he knows if you know who you are you will shake the kingdom of hell you will you will come on you, heaven will be populated so the enemy wants to lie to you tell you you're not good enough he did it with Moses and what happens the scripture says that he told that Pharaoh let my people go let my people go can you help me my friend let my people go and the Bible says eventually they, they came out of Egypt. Who remembered what Pharaoh said? You're leaving, but you're leaving with all your belongings. Your belongings stays here. You leave with the people. Your belongings stays here. Your gold stays here. Your silver stays here. Your cattle stays here. He says, sorry, that's not what I'm here for. God says, not a hoof shall be left behind. I take everything. I'm not just here to take my people. I'm here to take everything. I think Moses, maybe, maybe Moses wanted to say, alright sir, that's fine with me. But then the Spirit of God came upon him and said, we are not leaving without our possessions. We are not leaving without our cattle, without our silver, without our gold. No roof shall be left behind. You want me out of your town? Oh. Can you imagine Moses now that Pharaoh, I'm going to make you an offer you can't refuse. You give me everything, brother, or you die today. That's very quickly. Nothing will be left behind. When the Spirit of God comes upon you, you don't see what the world sees. Come on, you see victory on every corner. The enemy tells you, I will let you go, but all your stuff stays behind. No way and no how. Not today. No bar. If I go, my gold goes with me. My silver goes with me. And the Bible says eventually, Pharaoh said, just go. And here, Moses takes millions of Israelites and they are walking towards the promised land. And here's the thing. A red sea suddenly all around them. And you know what the Israelites or the, and the Israelites said? <laughs> That's what you call a small Jewish boy, Israelite. But in any case... When they stood at the Red Sea, they heard behind them horses. They heard chariot wheels. They heard a commotion. In other words, Israel looked up, they saw death. They turned around, they saw death. They saw they were surrounded. Moses had one thing in his mind. He lifted up, hit the rod. This is how I fight my battles. 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 This is how I fight. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. 
can't see. And these are all so deaf. This is how I fight my battles. Israel shouted it was better in Egypt. Now we're going to die. Do you know the difference? Moses did not see the Red Sea. Moses did not see the Egyptians. Moses saw God. In the hour we are living in, this is how I fight my battles. I have read the last page. We win. COVID does not win. The new world order does not win. We win. So as Moses lifted the rod, some, something happened. The Red Sea started parting. You know, I heard a theologian says, oh, you guys are crazy. The place where Moses and the Israels crossed was only six inch deep. It was impossible for them to drown. That's a greater miracle. God allowed the enemies to drown in six inch water. to Google if the Bible says they crossed the Red Sea and God killed his enemies there that's exactly what happened yes Moses this is how I fight my battles and boof the water spotted now there's a, a mountain of water this side there's a mountain of water that side and he said come come the Lord has promised you a land that overflows of milk and with honey come on a land that's more than enough Come on, he has promised you in this land, you will be the head and not the tail. You will lend out to many. You will never have to borrow. Come cross over. I can see Moses walk right in front of the crowd. And as long as he's fighting the battles, the water stays. The Israelites walk like this. And it seems like they're surrounded. And suddenly out of, out of the waters, they heard a, a voice singing. It may look like I'm surrounded. But I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. It may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my hear me as they went through I can hear that voice shouting from the water when the enemy comes like a flood the Holy Spirit will raise up a standard against them and the Bible says here comes the Egyptians and they thought that the blessing that God has blessed 
Israel with parting the water also applies to them. This blessing belongs to those who belongs to Him. Hallelujah. Come on, and he, he called Israelites and Israelites, and as they came through to the water, something is wrong. Here's the Israelite or the Egyptians, rather, in the middle of the Red Sea. God says, just give me the command. Amen. Do you know the Bible says, command me according to my word? Amen. This is how I fight my battles. Amen. Water closed down on them and killed them all. This is why the Bible says your enemies will come against you, but they will run seven different directions. There was a guy called Elijah. He was the only true prophet of God left. The only true prophet of God. And Baal's prophets, there was 450 prophets of Baal. And you know what happened? They, they, They had a standoff. Now one guy against 450. He says, your mouths are too big. Let's see whose God is alive. Let's see whose God is alive. He says, bring a sacrifice and give it to your God. And the Bible says, long story short, so they, he, he was standing aside and the, the prophets of Baal offered a sacrifice to a dead God. And the Bible says they were crying the whole day. They were shouting the whole day. Come on, this is what they did. They were crying the whole day and he even started mocking them. He says, maybe your God is on holiday. Maybe your God is asleep. Come on, call him louder. Maybe he's deaf. There's one translation that says, maybe your God is in the toilet. (laughs) Call on him. Let's see what happens. Nothing happens from morning to evening. Later on, the the clothes was busy coming off. Now they're angry, they're hot. They can't do anything. And he says, hang on. He says, now I'm going to repair the broken altars of the Lord. He started preparing the altar of the Lord. And there was something that came up in his spirit. This is how I fight my battles. And now the scripture says, he said, bring me an offering. And they brought him an offering. He says, bring pots of water. I've always wanted to know how can water and fire go hand in hand. If you study the book of Leviticus, he says the fire should never go out. But if you study the New Testament water, it speaks about the word of God. When the word of God is drenched, fire will always come. So the word of God came onto the altar, onto the sacrifice, and the fire of God came down. So what happened was, the Bible says, Elijah, after three times, the sacrifice is completely wet. He started praying. This is how I fight my battles. That's how you fight your battles. You don't fight your battles running around in fear. You pray to a living God. Your God is not asleep. He's not on holiday. Can I jump? Yes, Elisha. Yeah. This guy received dreams from a king. And he reveals it to everybody. And now they want to kill him. The Bible says the servant of God is on the mountaintop. His servant rose up early in the morning. And he saw on the, around the mountain these chariots of horses. He saw an army coming against them. What happened? He turned to Elijah, oh, Elisha rather, and he said, Elisha, man of God, we are going to die. Something that Elisha said, rock me, man. My goodness. He said, Lord, I pray, open up his eyes. Let him see. Every time when I thought that I was surrounded, I was surrounded by you. I was surrounded by your favor, by your healing. Woo! Open the eyes. Let him
him see what I see. That those who are for us are much more than those who are against us. Look me in the eye. Those who are for you. I said those who are for you are much more than those who are against you. If this does not move you, trust me, religion is your portion. If this does not move you, he found himself in an impossible situation. But impossibility is the greatest ingredient to a miracle. It must, look at me, it must look impossible. So that God can get the glory through it. It was impossible for Elijah. But not impossible for God. It was impossible for Elisha. It was not impossible for God. Elijah said, this is how I fight my battles. Elisha said, it may look like I'm surrounded. Lord, but I'm surrounded by you. Noah had to build an ark. Everybody mocked him and laughed at him. But the, re the way he fought these battles was by obeying the word of God. He had obeyed God even when everybody mocked him. And the Bible says when God shut that door of the ark, bang, there was waters all over. It was not death surrounding him. It was God. It may look like I'm surrounded. I'm surrounded by you. Come on, say this to him. say this over and over because somebody's going to get the revelation today somebody's going to go home and, and understand that every time I thought it was over it was only his grace that surrounded me it was only his favor that surrounded me it was only his provision surrounding me every time I thought I was down and out his mercy was all over me come on you get that revelation today over it was just dr jesus says it's just my healing covering you come on every time when the world laughed at you and say you will not make it it's god saying the great i am i am for you who can be against you god said abraham yes lord here i am i want you to take your son the one you love i want you to go and sacrifice him on the altar the best of the best yes lord He's obedient. Do you know when he stood at Calvary, at the bottom, he turned around, he told his servants, stay here, you can't go where I'm going now. My son and I, we're going to go and worship. I think that, I think to myself that while he was saying that, tears had to run down his cheeks because he knew that God was asking him to kill his son, asking him to sacrifice his son. But with faith in his heart, he turned around, he said, we are coming back. The boy and I, we're going to go and worship God, but we will come back. Come on, we will come back. God who has given me this promise will resurrect this promise for me. Come on, I'm not coming back empty-handed. When I give unto the Lord, I will never come back empty-handed. Come on, when I give my best unto the Lord, I will never suffer lack. The Bible says the young lions, the young lions suffer hunger, but we, come on, the righteous, will never suffer any good thing. We will lack no good thing. Stay here, we're going to go and worship. He took his son. 
he walked up this mountain every step of the way this is our fight my battles this is our fight my battles I can just imagine this every time he stopped maybe he reasoned with God Lord can't there be another way the ram on the other side of the mountain stopped too and then something in his spirit came up this is our fight my battles you see God never asked you for something without turning it around into a platform Peter borrow me your boat I'm not giving it you back empty I'm using it as a platform but I'm giving it you back as a oh as a as a boat sinking breakthrough Lord isn't there another way I can imagine Jesus say that if it's possible let the cup pass from me if there's any other way to do this let me do that Abraham had the same experience Lord if there's any other way but this is how I fight my battles can you imagine this he places the son on the altar right on the altar and he's right next to the altar right next to the altar and as he's about to kill his son an angel cried out of him don't kill your son because now we know that you fear God as he looked up behind him it may look like I'm surrounded but I'm surrounded by you it may look like I'm surrounded but I'm surrounded by you when just as he was about to kill his son God said don't kill your son I'll die for you look up behind you oh look up behind you there's a ram Abraham thought he was surrounded by death Abraham thought he was surrounded by sacrificing the son that he loves but he was actually just surrounded by the provision of God he saw the crucifixion long before it happened he saw how a loving father would sacrifice his only begotten son so that whoever believes in him should never perish but have everlasting life I see it as clear as day can you imagine when Abraham walked down that mountain with his son I don't think I don't think Isaac walked I think that 20 year old man was grabbed by his father and he held him close to him and he said it may look like we're surrounded but we're surrounded by him we just stay deaf in the eye but deaf where is your sting I'm telling you hear me hear this preacher preaching to you today every time when you thought you were surrounded it was only his goodness and his mercy and his grace that sustained you today we're not going to go into hiding we're not going to go in hiding into caves when Saul ran away Jonathan says I'm tired of hiding I'm tired of hiding come where's the people that says Bissell I'm tired of hiding I'm tired of hiding I'm tired of hiding the Bible says here's Jonathan he told his armor bearer come on let us go up to the garrison see here's the plan while everybody's in hiding I'm gonna show you how I fight my battles and do you know what the Bible says the Bible says that when Jonathan came out of the cave this is how Jonathan came out of the cave on his hands and on his knees this is how I fight my battles and suddenly 
suddenly the scripture says his armor bearer jumped from behind him and slaughtered them all God gave them the victory they thought they were surrounded <laughs> they were surrounded by the power of God you are not surrounded you are surrounded by him come on Lord I pray open up the eyes let them see that those who are for them are much more than those who are against them come on you have to ask God Lord open my eyes this morning let me see that those who are for me are much more than those who are against me the Bible says Daniel prayed for 21 days he didn't stop because the first day was hard. He didn't stop because the second day was hard. He knew this is how I fight my battles. On my knees. On my knees. The scripture says an angel broke through. He said, listen, there was a big fight in the heavenlies. The prince of Persia was fighting. He says, but Michael came to help us. So Michael is keeping them there while I'm here telling you that God has heard your prayer. Come on, God has listened. Listen to you. Come on, oh my goodness. God has not denied you. Come on, God has not said no. God never says no. Come on, I'm here to tell you that the God that you are praying for. Oh. What were you doing, Daniel? You were not supposed to pray for 21 days. You were not supposed to pray to any God. This is how I fight my battles. Can I tell you something else? They took Daniel. They threw him into a lion's den. The Bible speaks about when they throw down that lion's into that den. As the person is falling, the lion devours them. Suddenly, Daniel falls in the midst of lions. And no lion puts a claw on him. When Daniel fell into that lion's den, I can imagine him standing up and saying, I'm among my own. The lion of the tribe. <laughs> oh, Daniel, hit me look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by him. I want to ask you a simple question. If God can smack a lion on his mouth and say, sit still, and he listens, don't you think God can protect you against the lion's mouth? Basil, what about the COVID? What about the vaccine? Let me tell you right now in the name of Jesus. If you know today, there's two things you need to know. You need to, you need to know how to fight your battles, and you need to know that you are surrounded by him. You need to know that I'm surrounded. I'm covered by his favor. Come on, every morning when I wake up, there's new mercy. Come on, it's not the enemies that you see, it's mercy that you see. Am I speaking to the right crowd? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abnego. We're going to throw you into the furnace of fire. If you don't worship this dead God, they say there's no way. There's absolutely no way. The Bible says they, will, they throw them into the furnace of fire bound. When they were thrown in, the scripture says they fell down. As Nebuchadnezzar looked in, they saw a fourth person in the appearance of the Son of God. The fire could not kill them. Why? Because your God is a consuming fire. How do you kill a person who's already dead? Hallelujah. Come on, the scripture says there was, four, there was four leprous men standing outside of the gate. They said, if we stay here, we're going to die. Come on, this is how we fight our battles. We're going to march towards our victory. The devil has kept us away so long from the price. No more. I'm not going to sit here. I'm speaking to the crazy ones. Where are you in this place? See, the devil has kept you away for so long from your dreams, from your visions. And the Bible says, as they got up, the Lord released a sound from heaven. It sounded like an invasion of an army. It may look like I'm surrounded, but 
everybody left the city. They said to one another, if we get there and we don't find favor, we can only die. They thought, we are four. We're going to get there, we'll be surrounded. But God says, hang on now. I'm orchestrating a plan. You know, I'm prophesying to people that don't even hear this. I'm orchestrating a plan. When you get there, you will find my favor. On your way, I will cause them to hear a sound. They will think an army has invaded them. But it's just my goodness that will go before you. Come on, I will send an angel before you. You will not even dash your foot against the stone. Come on, I will send out my grace and my mercy. Are you with me? I said, are you with me? Do you believe that? Come on, if you believe that, I want you to jump to your feet and shout hallelujah. Let me just quickly say this to you. Every general in the Bible knew how to fight. They were fighters. They were not weaklings. Do you get this? Daniel knew how to fight. David was a warrior. Joshua was a fighter. I can imagine that guy, Joshua, there's in the middle of a war, picks up a, a sword and he runs towards a man. He lifts up that sword. My goodness, I want to I demonstrate. I want to demonstrate. Ran towards the man. Are you for me? Or are you against me? Because I know this is how I fight my battles. You want a war? I'll give you a war. And suddenly he heard, I am the chief. <laughs> in the army of the Lord I go before you alright Lord let's, let's fight together then Lord let's, let's fight together then Lord but he was a fighter he, oh my God is just looking for one man that will say enough is enough I'm picking up my sword this is how I fight my battles can you imagine Joshua said friend or foe quick quick friend or foe <laughs> They say fo fotek. <laughs> Hallelujah. Samson. Bible says he went down to the cleft of the rock. You don't know the cleft of the rock. The cleft of the rock speaks about a hiding place. It speaks about Jesus. Samson went down into the presence of God. A thousand men came. To take him my goodness and you know what I love when they took him he said listen guys if you think about killing me I'm gonna murder you all we're a thousand you are one you've got no idea what I can do I'm the guy you heard of that picks up a city gate and throw it on my back I'm that guy Phil Klopak Okay. <clears throat> we'll just take you away nicely. But for our own safety, we want to bind you up. <laughs> this is how, what hell sounds like. For our own safety, let's bind him up. If that guy's loose, he says, bind me up, but I warn you. The Bible says they bind him up they carried him but something happened 
the spirit of grace and truth and power and might and wisdom and understanding the spirit of God the Ruach breath of God come on the breath of the Almighty the spirit of Christ the Holy Spirit the spirit of consecration the spirit of holiness came upon Samson and the Bible says everything that bound him melted like wax bang off him and the Bible says there was a fresh jawbone of a donkey he picked it up this is how I fight my battles bang bang and he killed a thousand people with a fresh jawbone of a donkey let me just say this to you it's not a, a story it literally happened one guy he never outnumbered because let me quickly tell you it was not the jawbone that killed the thousand it was not Samson who killed the thousand it was the power of God that came upon him that says you are never surrounded you are never outnumbered hear me you are never outnumbered <laughs> a jawbone of a donkey a fresh one God gives into his hands something fresh to kill his enemy I'm telling you right now God is doing something new shall you not know it he's doing something new he's giving something new in your hands to pick up and say who who come on who's who's first who's first let me sort you out it's not the it's not the stone that killed Goliath it was the Ruach breath of God the paraclete mark David came to the scene he was not supposed to be there I'm speaking to somebody he was not supposed to be there he says what does the man get that kills that thing and you know what after Goliath mocked him he said to him you come to me with sword and spear I come to you in the name of the Lord because the name of the Lord is stronger than any weapon it's come on the name of the Lord is high and lifted up this is how I fight my battles this is how I fight my battles and do you know what happened? He didn't run away. When Goliath fell, he jumped on him. Let me just get my sword. Jump on him. Poof! Cut off his head. He may look like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. Can't be found without your sword. They put Samson, bound him up, standing in between two bullets everybody 3,000 mockers stood around him I can imagine that song came up he may look like I'm surrounded started pushing on that pillars the Bible says the whole arena tumbled and he killed 3,000 men my goodness if God can do it for Samson he can do it for me if God can do it for Noah he can do it for me if God can do it for Jonathan he can do it for me you can yawn you can look at the roof you can look at people I'm not talking to you I'm talking to people who is so part of what I'm saying today vessel <coughs> God is not a respecter of man if he can do it for them he can surely do it for me come on if he can if he can bring that Goliath down because of David he can do it for me if he can shut the mouths of the lion for Daniel he can do it for me come on come on come on he can do it for me 
gonna do it for me? Let me say that one more time. If God can do it for Abraham, He can bring that provision to you. If God can teach Moses how to fight his battles, God can do it for you. Am I speaking to the right crowd? Come on. Come on. I'm declaring this right now. He can do it for you. Shout, He can do it for me. I like what, if you look at Joshua, Joshua just saw what Moses was doing. And he was doing the same thing. This is why Paul says, imitate me as I imitate Christ. So what I always tell the people close to me, if you, if you enter into a situation you don't know how to get out, do what you know I would have done. Am I speaking to the right crowd? And this is what this was Joshua was. Moses was a warrior. This is why Joshua said, are you for me? Or are you against me? Friend or foe, brother? Friend or foe? Come on, shout yes. yes. You are not surrounded. You are surrounded by Him. These people sitting here right now, your debt surrounds you. Your children's situation is busy surrounding you. Your marriage has gotten to a point where it seems like it's just surrounding you. All the pressures of life is surrounding you. Death is surrounding you. You don't have an answer. You don't know how to get out. You don't know how you're going to see it through. Come on, I'm speaking to the real people. Take off your mask right now and be honest with yourself. Basically, I'm surrounded. David came to a point in his life where he said, Lord, look at my enemies, how they increase all around you, all around me. But, but you, O oh God, are a shield for me, the glory and the, and the lifter of my head. There's people here that feel like you're surrounded. You don't know what to do. You don't know where to go. But I've got news for you. As Moses lifted up the rod and God performed the miracle, this, when the rod was lifted up, hear me right now, there was breakthrough for millions of people. At an instance, there was a breakthrough for, for millions of people. Millions walked through on dry ground. Millions was untouched, unharmed. You, I want you to understand this. I'm speaking to you about people who walked in a desert whose shoes were growing with their feet. Whose clothes was, was growing with their bodies. And the Bible says here they are walking on, on dry ground. Why? Because the Lord said, if you lift the rod, if you lift the rod, miracles, signs and wonders shall follow. Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men unto me. This is how I fight my battles. This is how I fight my battles. Oh, you didn't get this. I said, this is how I. This is how I fight my battles. The cross before me. The world behind me. There's no turning back. One more time, the cross before me. The world behind me. Wayne, would you help me? Just come here to the stage for me. I want you just to stand there at the, at the speaker. Just stand, yeah, you just stand there at the speaker. The Bible says, this is what Jesus was doing. He was... He was walking with his cross until he could not walk anymore. They hit him. 
They bruised him so much. The Bible says even he was even naked. As he was walking through the streets of Jerusalem, he was falling. Couldn't carry the cross no more. And they saw a man standing. His name was Simon. They said, Simon, go and help him. He says, now hang on, I, I don't want anything to do with that. I'm innocent of this man's blood. Go and help him. And here's what happened. Come this side, my brother. This is what happened. Here's Jesus and Simon. So here's Jesus and Simon. He looked at Simon. He said, Simon, take my yoke. For my yoke is easy. And my burden is light. In other words, what he said, Simon, I took all of your pain. Every time you fought, you were surrounded. You were surrounded by me. Every time you fought it, you are defeated. I've given you the victory. From now on, Simon, you're not bearing your own cross. You're carrying my cross. And this is, so in the spirit, this is what happened. He gave him his cross. Jesus took Simon's cross. He took Simon's burden. He took Simon's pain and shame. Come on, he took his divorce. He took his, he took his brokenness. He took his filthy filthy lifestyle he took his filthy history and he said Simon here I give you mine now I deem you free I deem you victorious I deem you powerful come on I deem you washed I deem you sanctified I deem you whole hallelujah I said hallelujah my God you worried about what you worry about the utility bill that you can't pay? You worry about that doctor's report? If they knew who they crucified, they would have never crucified the Lord of hosts. There's two things I want to leave with you. You have to know how to fight your battles. You don't run to the phone, you run to the throne. You pray your way out. Sometimes you have to sing your way out. You just have to get a song in your spirit. This is why my daughter always says, yes, I've got a father, he's just singing in the house. Let your father sing in the house. I'd rather be singing songs of God and singing about a country western on a horse that doesn't even know who his mama is. I have a song in my heart because when I feel defeated, I have a song that pushes me forward. Come on, sometimes I feel down and out, but I'm never forsaken. I can, I, maybe I feel a little bit bended, but I'm definitely not broken. Greater is He that is in me than He that is, that is in this world. Sometimes you have to get a song in your spirit. There's something that will, will, will work with you. Am I speaking to you right now? Something that works, something that speaks to your heart. Sometimes you have to get a verse, a scripture, a chapter in your heart. Sometimes you have to just remind yourself to who you belong. Sometimes you have to remind yourself that you're not surrounded by the enemy. You're not surrounded by lack. You're surrounded by him. Please tell your neighbor, what you see today is his hand. It's his favor. It's his mercy. It's not the way it looks like. What you see is a lie. He's got the answer. I want to do this one more time. Let my people go. Let my people go. Let my people go. And then Jesus said, what I'm going to do, I'm going to do once and for all. I'll never have to say this again. 
to say this again. It was for freedom that you've been set free. I'm free. Shout, I'm free. Come on, I'm free. Shout, I'm free. Thank you, Jesus. Give him a, a great hand of praise right now. Close your eyes and lift your hands quickly. Close your eyes and lift your hands with me. Every, every eye closed, every hand lifted to him. I'm speaking to the real people today. Says Vessel, this couple of months was hard. But today I know how I fight my battles. I know that I'm not surrounded by the problems. It's only Him that I see. Father, I pray in Jesus' name. Open their eyes. Let them see that those who are for them are much more than those who are against them. So as every hand is lifted and every eye is closed, His grace is sufficient for you. The Bible says His mercies are on you every single morning. So if I can put all this together in one sentence, I want to say, Die liefde van Jesus is wonderbaar, wonderbaar, wonderbaar. Die liefde van Jesus is wonderbaar. Wonderbar for me. So come on, sweetly say Come on, sweetly say Die mensen verander maar Jesus nooit. Come on, sweetly say Come on. Kom ons verheerlijk zijn naam. Kom ons verheerlijk zijn naam. Oh, die liefde van Jesus is wonderbaar. Wonderbaar voor mij. Die liefde van Jesus is wonderbaar. Wonderbaar. Wonderbaar, die liefde van Jesus is wonderbaar, wonderbaar voor mij. Kom ons verheerlijk zijn naam, kom ons verheerlijk zijn naam. Oh, die mensen veranderen, maar Jesus nooit. Come on, Come on, say this with the angels. Come on, sweetly say Come on, sweetly say Die verander maar Jesus nooit. Come on, sweetly say Come on. So come on, sweetly say Come on, you're the same. You may 
Van Jesus is wonderbaar, wonderbaar, wonderbaar. Die liefde van Jesus is wonderbaar, wonderbaar. Die liefde van Jesus is wonderbaar. Father, as we lift our hands to you, we rejoice in you, Master. You are our song. You are our peace and you are our joy. We glorify you today. We worship you. Name above every other name. We call you wonderful counselor. Everlasting Father, our Prince of Peace. Elifte is wonderful. Elifte is wonderful. Thank you for your love. I want you to stand there, lift your hands, close your eyes. And I want you to shout, today I am free. Come on, today I am free. This is not a way, he's the only way. He's the way, the truth and the life. You see, when you come and give your life to him, there's a divine exchange that happens. It's exactly what I showed with Wayne, is where the Lord says, I will take, I will take your burdens, I will take your heartache, I will take your shame, and I'll give you mine. And we know that with Jesus, his yoke is easy and his burden is light. The second group of people I want to speak to is people, you've given your, your life to the Lord, but you are backslidden, you are cold, absolutely cold. I see how people worship the Lord, non-existent, there's no worship in your life. That's a sign that you've been backslidden. I'm speaking to you, there's hope for you. And then number three, it's people that says, Vessel, I need to make sure that I'm saved. I want to make sure that my name is written in the Lamb's book of life. And if I speak to you, I want you to quickly lift your hand very high. I want to pray for you. If, if you are one of those three people, one of those groups, number one, you've never given your life to Jesus. Number two, backslidden. Number three, you want to make sure. What I want to do, I want to ask the whole church to pray with me. Please hear me. It's every eyes closed. It's not the prayer that saves you. You can pray the prayer until you're blue in the face. If it's not coming from your heart. Satan believes Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He's going to hell. 
it's not enough after this you need to understand what it means to walk in sanctification you have to go to church be filled with the spirit continuously that's just an amen from Gabriel what I want you to do is I want you to close your eyes I want to pray this prayer I want you to pray this prayer with me I want to ask everybody to pray this prayer with me Father I come to you in the name of Jesus I confess that I'm a sinner I cannot save myself Lord Jesus I believe with all of my heart that you are the Son of God that you died on the cross for my sin for my sickness and on the third day you rose from the dead I believe you are alive seated next to the Father today I accept you publicly as my Lord and my Savior wash me with your blood come live in my heart and write my name in the Lamb's book of life I thank you that from this day that I'll serve you in spirit and in truth in Jesus name the people of God said amen